This is Day for Night with Gadidad Switch, a series that looks at the intersection between theatre and poetry, and the edgelands and the wilderness. Today's episode, I'm going to read from a piece of mine called Hurt Song. I've read some of it before in a prior episode, but quite a bit ago. Uh, and it's been on my mind again. As I've said, often work calls to you, uh, especially work that's written and is still not completely out in the world yet. Uh, so uh, this is a scene from Hurt Song. Uh, it's a play that's part of my American Song Seven Plays Cycle Plays. And uh, this is the second scene, and it's a scene between a character named Ma, who is most likely Stevie's mother, and uh, Stevie, uh, their child, adult child. Um, And they live, they are uh, climate refugees, uh, and they live in a place that they've been sent to, basically. They've been dislocated and sent to a fairly inhospitable place, uh, probably somewhere in a mythical part of Texas, where a lot of my work uh, is set. And, um, And it's a town where Stevie works as a waste picker for a living. tries to take care of their mother at the same time. So at the beginning of the scene, Stevie has just come back from work and uh, Ma is waiting. So I'll start by identifying the characters that are speaking but at the top, but pretty soon I'll let go of that as the scene progresses. Just letting you know. So Ma says, Flood coming. Stevie, where'd you? Ma, news. Said flood coming. Worse than when we... What are we gonna do, Stevie? What are we gonna do when we're gone? Stevie, not going anywhere, Ma. All land here. See any water anywhere? Ma, but the news, Stevie. Put it out of mind. See what I got you? Uh, what? Baby. Seahorse. Ma. Uh, is it? Baby. Shape. See? Ma. Uh, Nick it. Baby. What's just there? Ain't supposed to be stealing. They pay you for that trash. Pay you by the pound. Baby. Looking at the seahorse. Pretty though. Gonna wash up? Stevie. Eat. Uh, Stevie. Hungry. Uh, stick up a mile. Stevie. Washed up on the way. Stop by that place near the old church. Uh, don't know what. Stevie. Got the little shack out back. Uh, 
washed up at the gas station again. Phoebe's not a gas. Uh, it's a gas. Phoebe was a gas. Uh, got water? Some. Uh, no place to be washing up. Sleep safe there? What's that you're getting? Alfalfa sprouts? Uh, got more than that. Phoebe feel like sprouts. Uh, stick to your teeth. Phoebe, something to chew on. Silence. CB. Quit. Oh. CB. Looking out. Oh. Sky's turning. CB. Night coming down, that's all. Yourself good today? Oh. I don't go out. Gotta try. Meet some people. Oh. Not going out when the flood's coming. No flood. Uh, radio said, gotta say something to make some drama. What else are they gonna talk about when they're not talking about all the mad shit going down everywhere? Can't go around believing every single little thing. Uh, feel it in the air. Like last time back home, see, shut the window. Uh, got no feeling. I'm here, right? If you were a child, all mess of stuff happening. You just be sitting. I'd say to myself, that one? Got no feeling to speak of. Needs to see somebody, get themselves righted. Don't need to see anybody. Got all kinds of docs now. All kinds of specialists. Maybe I'm fine. We'll be fine. Uh, making a mess of those sprouts. Where you going? Cola. Should it be? Something to wash them down with. Give you drinks. Time passes. It's my stuff. From our place, need the water. Needs having things. Shelves. Things to look at. Take on life. Want to get you some shelves? Not what I. If I get another job, I'll buy you the world. Uh, Earthbound? Real job? Maybe. Uh, round here? Maybe. Old factory, bit up. Looks like they're taking some folks on for a little while. Uh, make them get you an interview. Maybe. Don't work like that. All jobs make you get an interview. Maybe. World's different now, Ma. When I was on the market, they made you go through all kinds of interviews, tiers, they called them. First tier, second tier, made you work to get a job. Retail? Retail. Service. Got tiers. What? Take all the office jobs, guy? Politics. Uh, not talking about. What would I want to do with politics? It's the world. Uh, nothing but. Corruption and lies. Not every. Ah, they can talk a good talk, smile, make like they care. I've seen them. Say they're going to come down and help, be with the people. And we say, okay, come on down, come on and be. We open up our homes, make them dinner. We go to the store and buy some clothes to look presentable. And then they come on down, get out of their big cars with their immaculate clothes on. 
smile, big smiles, and wave. Do nothing. That was just one time. Want nothing, but nothing to do with politics. Don't want you wanting to. Anything with it either. Just factory. Honest work. Nobody wants honest work now. You're not listening, huh? Uh, work with your hands. That's honest work. Nobody wants that. Ask people on the street. They all say, Oh, I want me an office job. Like the world was an office. Who's going to work the land? Who's going to make things? See, we always... Uh, what they do with us. Run us out. Run us out. But they couldn't wait for the floods and tornadoes. Couldn't wait to get rid of us blight on the land. Nobody said, shut your ears now. Land went under. Same for all. <laughs> get run out. But in places like these, just a town. Stink town. They can do. Because they know we can. Those blighters always make do. Give them a little less. Give them a little lesser. Give them nothing. They'll make do. And if they don't, another job will be fine. Fine is all good. We're here, right? That's uh, scene two from Hurt Song. Part of the American Psalm. Seven plays cycle. That started with my play Red Bike. Hurt uh, Song is currently on the New Play Exchange from the National New Play Network. If you subscribe to that service at all, I'm going to round out today's episode with just some words from the great Cormac McCarthy and his staggering and perhaps controversial novel called Blood Meridian. Uh, this is from the opening of Blood Meridia. And I'll start with the, uh, what's at the top of that chapter. It just feels like a series of bullet points, almost. Childhood in Tennessee. Runs away. New Orleans. Fights. Is shot. To Galveston. Negotious. The Reverend Green, Judge Holden, and a fray, toad mine, burning of the hotel, escape. So the chapter begins. See the child. He is pale and thin. He wears a thin and ragged linen shirt. He stokes the scullery fire. Outside lie dark turned fields with rags of snow and darker woods beyond that harbor yet. A few last wolves. His folk are known for hewers of wood and drawers of water, but in truth his father has been a schoolmaster. He lies in drink. He quotes from poets whose names are now lost. The boy crouches by the fire and watches him. Night of your birth, 33. The Leonids, they were called. God, how the stars did fall. I look for blackness, holes in the heavens, the dipper stove. 
The mother dead these 14 years did incubate in her own bosom the creature who would carry her off. The father never speaks her name. The child does not know it. He has a sister in this world that he will not see again. He watches, pale and unwashed. He can neither read nor write, and in him broods already a taste for mindless violence. All history present in that visage, the child, the father of the man. At 14, he runs away. He will not see again the freezing kitchen house in the pre-dawn dark. Firewood, the wash pots. Wanders west as far as Memphis, a solitary migrant upon that flat and pastoral landscape. Blacks in the fields, flank and stoop, their fingers spider-like among the balls of cotton. A shadowed agony in the garden, against the sun's declining figures moving in the slower dusk across a paper skyline. A lone dark husband man, pursuing mule and harrow down the rain-blown bottomland toward night. A year later, he is in St. Louis. He has taken on for New Orleans aboard a flatboat. Forty-two days on the river. At night, the steamboats hoot and trudge pass through the black waters all alight like cities adrift. They break up the float and sell the lumber, and he walks in the streets and hears tongues he has not heard before. He lives in a room above a courtyard behind a tavern and comes down at night like some fairy book beast to fight with the sailors. He is not big, but he has big wrists, big hands. His shoulders are set close. The child's face is curiously untouched behind the scars, the eyes oddly innocent. They fight with fists, with feet, with bottles or knives, all races, all breeds. Men whose speech sounds like the grunting of apes. Men from land so far and queer that standing over them where they lie bleeding in the mud, he feels mankind itself vindicated. On a certain night, a Maltese boatswain shoots him in the back with a small pistol. Swinging to deal with a man, he is shot again just below the heart. Man flees and he leans against the bar with the blood running out of his shirt. The others look away. After a while, he sits on the floor. He lies in a cot in the room upstairs for two weeks while the tavern keeper's wife tends him. She brings his meals. She carries out his slops, a hard-looking woman with a wiry body like a man's. By the time he is mended, he has no money to pay her and he leaves in the night and sleeps on the riverbank until he can find a boat that will take him on. The boat is going to Texas. Only now is the child finally divested of all that he has been. His origins are become remote, as is his destiny, and not again in all the world's turning will there be terrain so wild and barbarous to try whether the stuff of creation may be to shape to man's will, or whether his own heart is not another kind of clay. Passengers are a diffident lot. They cage their eyes, and no man asks another what it is that brings him here. He sleeps on the deck, a pilgrim among others. He watches the dim shore rise and fall. Gray seabirds gawking, flights of pelicans coastwise above the gray swells. They disembark aboard a lighter, settlers with their chattels all studying the low coastline, the thin bite of sand and scrub pines swimming in the haze. He walks through the narrow streets of the port. The air smells of salt and news and lumber. At night, whores call to him from the dark like souls in want. A week and he is on the move again.
a few dollars in his purse that he's earned, walking the sand roads of the southern night alone, his hands bald in the cotton pots of his cheap coat. Earthen causeways across the marshland, egrets and their rookeries white as candles of among the moss. The wind has a raw edge to it, and leaves lope by the roadside and skelter on in the night fields. He moves north, to small settlements and farms working for day wages and found. He sees a parasite hanged in a crossroads hamlet, and the man's friends run forward and pull his legs, and he hangs dead from his rope while urine darkens his trousers. He works in a sawmill. He works in a diphtheria pest house. He takes as pay from a farmer an aged mule and a factless animal in the spring of the year 1849. He rides up to the latter-day republic of Fredonia into the town of Nagochis. And that's from the opening chapter of Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy. And that's today's episode of Day for Night. As always, this is about you and I in the theater. You there in the dark, and I here wondering who you are. If you wish to click on the listener support button, please do. Thanks for listening to Day for Night. <laughs>